Hey guys, and welcome to the 4-Minute Master Podcast. Today's going to be different. Today's going to be a change of form. Now, usually we do four minutes, but today I'm going to give you an insight into the exclusive interview that I had with Mel Robbins. Now, I know we did Mel Robbins on 4-Minute Masters, but I did this interview with her for The Bow Show, and I think this is by far one of the best interviews that she's ever done. There is so much incredible content in this that's actionable, and it's not all airy-fairy and just psychological. There's actionable steps in this on how to be successful and what to do if you're an entrepreneur. So guys, sit back, relax. If you're on your commute to work, I hope you're going to have a great day. Wherever you are in the world, enjoy this one. I'd love to hear your feedback. As usual, if you want to check us out, please check us out on facebook.com forward slash four minute masters. That's the number four. And also we've just released the four minute morning, which is a wake up routine. It only takes four minutes and it's free download. And there's so many amazing bonuses with that, including the millionaire interview. So if you want to go to that, that's www.4minutemorning.com. That's 4-F-O-U-R, MinuteMorning.com. Go on there, download it for free. There's a bazooka load of bonuses for you. But in the meantime, sit back and enjoy this incredible interview with Mel Robbins. Hey guys, it's The Bo Show, and today's guest is one of my favorite people in the world. If she was here, I'd give her a big hug. It's the sensational Mel Robbins. Mel, how are you? I'm fantastic, and I'd give you a hug right back, Bo. What a week it's been for you. You've just uh, released your Audible talk show. Uh, kick ass with Mel Robbins, which I went through twice because I just had to listen to it. And it's funny. What talk- did you get out of it? What did you get out of it? Oh, the story about Marcus uh, as someone yeah. as someone who is uh, a speaker and a coach trying to help the world. S- embracing my own vulnerability really helped, and my own story. And yeah. this is what this whole thing is about. It's inspiring people and having people like yourself come on here. And just if you guys don't know, uh, Mel Robbins, Mel gave me. one of my first ever interviews on my own channel, 4-Minute Masters. And it was from that, this collaboration with Evans, come on. And now we're we're just going to take over the world. Why not? Life's too short. Yes. It's just over a year since the five-second rule uh, was released, and you've just exploded. And I think what we'd like to just know is, how's your life changed? Because you're no longer the five-second rule lady. (laughs) You're a transformational machine. Uh, yeah. Oh how, my God, how, I love that. Nobody's ever called me that, but I think you're right. Maybe I'm just addicted to reinvention because um, I get tired of myself. Is that what happens when you have ADD? It's been an insane year on so many levels. And so just to bring everybody up to speed, a year ago, February 28th, I believe it was, we launched the five second rule book. And There are so many lessons in not only the launch of that book and how I did it as a businesswoman, but also the trajectory that has happened since then. Number one, it's important for you to know that um, it was one of the top five most read books on Amazon last year. It was the number one audio book in the world. It is the number one selling title on Amazon and Audible self-publishing Audible platform. That's really cool because as an entrepreneur, for me personally, it's so important for me to kind to have control of the work that I'm doing. That decision to self-publish has paid off more then it's paid off financially. And it certainly will pay you more in the long tail financially when you own your work and when you self-publish. And if you have an idea that you have been thinking about and you're watching Bo's show and you're watching Evan's channel to get the motivation to continue to tell your story, to do the work, to get your stuff out there. The one thing I'll say is if you believe in what you're doing, don't sell it to somebody. Self-publish it. 
because you will eventually, it might not happen in the first year, but eventually your work will bump into the right audience and it will grow and it will grow and you will really regret having sold for pennies on the dollar the thing that was really your life's work. And so please, 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 if you're a content generator, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a writer, if you're a song producer, own what you're doing, at least in the beginning, until you start to understand the industry and the economics of things. So it was a huge cue to be a self-published author and to have that kind of phenomenon happen. We are uh, approaching a million copies sold. The book has been translated into 31 languages. And what's changed about my life is a number of things. So the most important thing that has changed is that the five second rule, because it's such a simple idea and it's so easy to share and it has so much science behind it, it has spread around the world. And the thing that's changed the most about my life, Bo, is that, you know, we've been hearing from people every day for five years, right? That have been using the five, four, three, two, one count backwards method in order to change habits and and develop the skill of self-control. But the profound thing that has happened for me is that we have heard from more than 44 people who have not committed suicide because they have used the rule to stop themselves. In fact, three days ago, three days ago, we received an email from a woman whose 19 year old son died and she was overcome with grief as any parent or human being would be. And that grief has taken her down the rabbit hole of self-harm and of major depression. And she was literally standing at the edge of the river and standing there deliberating about whether or not she was going to wade in because she couldn't bear the grief anymore. She used the five second rule to turn herself around, interrupt those thoughts and go back to her truck. Then she used the five second rule, five, four, three, two, one, to pick up the phone and call her husband and tell him what was going on. Then she used the five second rule to five, four, three, two, one, find the courage to call an emergency room and get the help that she needed. The other thing that I am really proud of is that it's now being used with veterans organizations around the world to help our veterans um, live with PTSD and they use the count backwards method 54321 to interrupt the connection between the trigger and the destructive thing that they feel or do. And to 54321, interrupt that association and develop new habits for the things that were triggering their PTSD. Of course, you know, in combination with therapy and professional support, but the fact that such a simple idea is changing people around the world. It has, it has fueled me in a way with a level of conviction and a amount of responsibility that has changed the kind of leader that I am, that has changed the impact and the confidence that I have about the number of people that we can help and reach and inspire and ignite uh, a breakthrough in and it has also given me a very clear direction about the kind of platform that I want to build as we provide inspiration and tactical, practical ways that people can fight the things that stop them. So I've been utterly transformed by the people that have been writing to us from around the world about how the five second rule is changing their lives. 
Awesome. Like you're an innovator as well. And yeah. your, your new Audible is it's a first. There's, yeah. There hasn't been a talk show like that. No. Listening to your Audible, your, your five second rule, and then hearing you, you can actually hear how different you are. You're a lot more comfortable. And it's a brilliant because, again, that goes into my next thing I want to talk about. You're embracing your own authenticity. Yes. And you're becoming the best version of yourself. And one of the things I said earlier I took away from the book was I had a horrific few years. But as soon as I embraced who I truly was and stopped hiding in shadows and started casting lights on it, man, I be- I'm where I am today. It's and free, isn't it? When you stop amazing. pretending and hiding and doing all the things that shrink you and deplete you, like lying and procrastinating and silencing yourself or sticking around people that are toxic, when you start to find the courage to show up, to speak up, to own the parts of your story that completely blow and that are embarrassing and full of shame, you will find the freedom that you don't feel right now. I just, I, I'm not a crier, but there were moments <laughs> when listening to your thing, I felt a tear coming up and goosebumps. I don't want to give too much away, but it's, you're really embracing. I think the overall thing is, you said it in your TED Talk, we're 400 trillion to one. Yeah. And I don't think enough of us realize what an incredible miracle we actually are. Like we've won the lotto already. Let's act like winners. Well, you know, the thing is, is that um, there's, a, there's a couple things I want to say. So in the TED Talk, I cited this, this statistic that I had read uh, years ago, and that is that a scientist had calculated the odds of you and me being born. And when you think about just even the sexual act of your parents in a lifetime relationship, the number of times they would actually be intimate, the amount of sperm that go, the, the, the odds of one egg and one sperm, and then you throw in, then you throw in the DNA, and the uniqueness of your DNA structure. Some scientists calculated all of those odds and figured out that the odds of you being you, who you are, born the day that you were born to the parents that you have with the DNA structure that you have, given all the other variables that could have changed something, the odds are one in 400 trillion that you are you. And so what that means to me is that you're meant to be here that there is a reason why you were born and the journey of your life is to figure it out. And I think it's actually simple. I think that life is very simple and we complicate it because we have brains that can tell stories and we have um, bodies that can sense danger. And so we overcomplicate things. And the, the purpose of your life is to listen to your heart and soul and to follow it. And to express the highest version of you, not the self-doubt, not the anxiety, not the fears, not the pettiness, not the frustrations, but to actually have the courage to be fully expressed as, as like, I, it sounds stupid, but, you know, as, the, as, a, as a great human being. To have the courage to be kind, to have the courage to be patient, to have the courage to cheer for other people, and to have the courage to tune into that wisdom that's inside of you and lean into it. Follow the things that pique your curiosity. Do more of the shit that actually expands your heart and expands the amount of energy in your body. And slowly but surely, if you align all your decisions and the things that you spend time on and the people that you spend time on with the things that naturally energize you, your whole life will experience a shift. And so back to the, the talk show, 
something that happened for me after the five second rule book became so successful is we obviously got a lot of inbound requests, right? Because when you prove to the world that you have something that the world wants and that you uh, can make a lot of money doing it too, and you're a successful businesswoman, now everybody wants to play. So every single television production company and radio and podcasts and even corporations reaching out to us saying, hey, would you consider doing something if we were the advertiser? And none of it was interesting because I've learned about myself that when somebody else controls me, and I am talent in someone else's game. Everything that I produce sucks. I resent the people that I'm working with, and I hate the process. And it's taken me 10 years in the media business to figure this out. When I'm talent and when somebody else tells me what to do and controls the final product, I'm depleted. When I'm a businesswoman and I'm creating content, I'm energized. So Audible came to us because we were number one. And obviously, and this is the other cool thing, is there's no production cost ongoing when you record a book. When you print a book, you have to print it, you have to store it, you have to ship it. There could be a return, which is more printing and storing and shipping. <laughs> and so there's so many costs associated with it, which is why that industry is so constrained and very it's very hard for it to innovate because of the cost structure of it. But Audible and audio, once you record the file, you're done. So they came to us and said, would you do an exclusive with us on your next book? And I said, no, definitely not going to do that on the next book. But I would definitely consider doing an advice talk show. But here's the here's the catch. My team has to produce it. We have to you know, do a partnership deal where we have full creative control and we will hand you what we've finished and you can do all the post. We'll pick the music. We'll dictate what's in, what's out, but we'll partner that way. And they said, yes. And so we did a global casting call. As you know, Bo, we got 500 submissions. I bet if we do season two, we'll get 5,000 submissions. And we narrowed it down to eight people, eight people that represent a wide range of problems uh, that people could relate to, that are good talkers, that come from diverse backgrounds and diverse set of issues. And we flew them all to Boston and we put them in a tiny little studio and they got a uh, coaching session from me. And then we produced it into must, like if you if you think about television, that's like much must watch television. Oh my God. And the, the, the theme is coming and now I got to watch House of Cards or The Bachelor or whatever it is. We produce television in your ear. We produced a talk show that's going to take you on a roller coaster of a ride. As you listen to other people's problems, you're going to realize you're not alone. You're going to see yourself in other people's stories, and you're going to have breakthroughs as they're having breakthroughs because you're going to be listening literally right in the session as we're talking. It's that power of the asking yourself the question. And although you have all those, as you said, you've got a spectrum of people on that talk show I could relate and I know everyone else listening to it can you go oh, there's a bit of me in that and then you go am I doing that right and it's forgiveness it's acceptance and well I just I will be listening to it again and uh, people think I like I'm sponsored by you because I'm forcing it on everyone because I love it I think it's the change we I'm need really, you know Bo I rarely say this but I am extraordinarily proud of what we created because our team we have a very lean team um, and 
most of the people I've been in the, the media business for 10 years, but I've never created a show. My business partner and I, she was my radio producer on an award-winning radio talk show, but it wasn't an advice talk show. It was a kind of discuss current events interview kind of show. Um, we never produced anything like that. And we literally created it from nothing. And so I'm extraordinarily proud, um, of what we actually got done and the impact that it's making. And, you know, that's another thing for everybody, for you to understand as you're watching Bo and I talk, and that is this, that very rarely, very rarely does somebody who throws their hat over the ring and then decides that they're going to just figure out how to pursue something very rarely is it a wholesale failure. You always discover what you're looking for when you're willing to hear what's in your heart, when you have the clarity to do that, and when you have the courage to pursue it. And it may not turn out how you like. It may not be the blockbuster that you thought it would. Um, you know, I kind of feel though, like I've been training in the dark for 10 years. I mean, I've hosted a reality show for A&E. I hosted a reality show for Fox that never aired. I was a commentator for CNN. I, uh, had a syndicated radio show, none of which ever felt right. And none of those things were actually very successful. You know, I mean, ultimately monster in laws was canceled. The show I shot with Fox never aired. That's not successful. But what I learned in those projects led me to being able when the moment came to meet the moment and to have the confidence to say, no, I'm not going down the road of being talent again. I'm going to produce this thing myself with my team and we're going to follow our instincts. And it also um, gave me the skill set. You see, I didn't just show up to a mic. I had been preparing to launch that talk show for 10 years. And here's actually a story that I haven't told a lot of people. So when I first got into the media business, 10 years ago, there was an article written about my uh, life and business coaching practice. And, and somebody from Inc. Magazine wrote an article about it. And um, an executive from CNBC called. And so I went down for a bunch of meetings. And after meeting a bunch of networks, I ended up signing with ABC to be developed into a talk show host. That was 10 years ago. I spent a year with ABC getting coached by them to host a talk show. At the end of the year, they didn't re-sign me, though. So it was a failure, okay? They never launched a show. It was a failure. And I remember the executive, who's a very dear friend of mine now, a gentleman by the name of Hank Norman, who would be amazing for you to also interview. One of the original creators of The View, by the way. Uh, he knows what he's talking about. He looked at me and he said, I want to tell you something, Mel. You're never going to be successful. You need to move to New York. You cannot do what you want to do living in Boston. You have to be in New York. And that's part of the reason why we're not going to resign you because you're just not committed. And I looked at him and I said, you know what? Someday I'm going to host a talk show in Boston. And I'm going to produce the whole thing myself and I'm going to own it just like Oprah Winfrey did when she moved her show to Chicago. You watch me. And I'll be damned if this thing didn't launch next week. And the first text message I got was from Hank Norman. And he said, I'll be damned. You were right. And I am so proud of you. 
So you got to stick to your guns and you never know how it's going to turn out, you guys. But when you listen to your heart and you keep moving forward, you get rewarded and you also get the lessons that you need. It's how I I got this. It's uh, not on the scale what you're doing, but I I did an interview with Gary Vaynerchuk and I was like, this is it. I'm going to explode. I still, and I'm very proud of this, have the lowest viewed Gary Vaynerchuk interview of all time. I'm so proud. (laughs) But it led me to other things. And now we're doing this and this channel, we got millions of people on here. And it's an honor. And it's just, again, I followed my heart. I could have given up, but I kept going. And one of the things I was going to talk about with you is if we could, um, uh, because most of the people on here are entrepreneurs, but you're this whole discussion has just been gold nugget after gold nugget and I'm not gonna I want the viewer to find the gold that you've been talking in this because there's so much in there about self-publishing following your heart um literally retaining your own rights and doing it your way and here's here's another massive insight so I always think about business as levels right and I also realize that as the media landscape or the um the uh, particular vertical or industry that you're building a business in is changing. That is a constant and it's something that you can't control, right? You just cannot control the things that are happening in the world around us, but you can always control what you're thinking and what you're doing in response to it. So uh, all of my work centers inside this gap between what's happening in your life and in your work and what your reaction is to it and how you can't control the things that are going on around you, but you can always control what your reaction is. And that gap there, that's about five seconds long. And you start to understand that you can change how you think, you can change your habits, you can change how you lead, you can pivot and change even the philosophy of your company. And you can do it through the decisions that you're making and managing your reactions. You will become unstoppable. So three years, three and a half years ago, I got into the speaking business um, because of the popularity of that TEDx talk that I gave. And um, that first year I did, um, I don't know, I think it was like 27 speeches. The next year I did 87. Last year I did 121. I was the most booked female speaker in the world. This year I've capped it at 80. And here's why. I realized, just like you may be realizing in your business, whatever your business is, that there are aspects of your business that you love and that energize you. And there are aspects of your business that are depleting as hell and that are old and that are tired. And that if you continue in that lane, you're going to end up 10 years from now in a place that you don't want to be. It's so important for you to pay attention to what's energizing you about the landscape around you and about your own business, because that's the secret to seeing around corners. And so the corner that I was seeing around is that as an entrepreneur, even though it's wildly lucrative to do what I do just on the speaking platform. I mean, anybody can do the math on 121 speeches, right? And the amount of money that I get paid to show up and deliver a one hour talk and realize there's a lot of money. Here's the problem. It's a terrible business because you can't scale it other than raising your price or raising the number of of times you do it. And guess what else? You have to show up and I can't sell it. So I found myself in a situation where I had built a multi-million dollar business, highly profitable, and it was depleting the hell out of me, and I can't really scale it, and I can't sell it. Terrible position to be in in an entrepreneur. So I made a decision that I, you know, what was it, Bo, that actually energizes me about my business? And I answered it with the first question. It's hearing from people. I would rather 
answer comments on Instagram all day long than stand in a stadium with 5,000 people in it. I get more from the one-to-one connection. That's what fuels me. And so I had this light bulb moment, paying attention, being clear, that, wait a minute, I don't want to build the biggest speaking platform, and I don't want to build a coaching business. I want to build a content company. I want to go back to my roots and build a media company. And so with that insight, I now have to change, right? Because the kind of businesswoman that runs a multi, multi multi-million dollar speaking business where it's just you and your speaking management firm and your travel folks and your logistics people and maybe your social media manager, that's who's on the team. The kind of leader that runs that kind of team is very different than the kind of leader that is going to grow a hundred million dollar media company that's going to syndicate content every single day, that is going to own what she's doing, that's going to build Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn as my personal ABC, CNBC, Fox. And this is what I want you to understand about the story. And that is this, in order to get to the next level in your business, you got to decide right now, what habits do you have as a leader that you have to change now because you will not see around the corner. You will not engineer that next quantum leap unless you personally change. And so one of the reasons why I've gone from being the most successful female, you know, book speaker on the speaking circuit to launching the number one book on all of the self publishing platform for Amazon and one of the most read books in the world. And selling like gangbusters still is because I am constantly innovating myself. I know that I am the single biggest problem in my company. And if I don't constantly pivot and evolve how I lead and what I'm focused on, I'm going to be the blockade. And so, you know, stop looking at what everybody else is doing. Stop micromanaging the team and ask yourself, Two years from now, when you think about where you want your company to be, what habit do you have to change right now? And there were a couple key habits for me. Number one, I had to stop drinking during the week because my um, go-to at night, Bo, was, okay, five o'clock. I've done more in most days than most human beings have. In fact, I've usually flown across the country and given a speech and a book signing and written a blog post and FaceTime my kids. So, Jesus, I, I want a Manhattan for crying out loud. The problem is that having Manhattan, even though it tastes delicious, it takes, it does something to me in terms of how I fall asleep and how I wake up the next day. If I'm serious about building a hundred million dollar network of inspirational content that we own, that we're syndicating with meaningful partnerships and products and all kinds of cool brands that are offshoots, I can't piece out with a drink during the week. It's not that I have to keep working. It's that the boundary setting for myself in terms of being clear, in terms of taking care of myself, it requires me to instill that habit. Do I do it every day? No. But do I do it most days? Absolutely. The second thing is busyness. I am a person that is addicted to busyness. I think it is because I'm a sexual abuse survivor. So you can tend to be the kind of person that catch me if you can, I'm on the move. And also I have anxiety. So there's a busyness about people with anxiety. And I use my busyness as an excuse 
for why I don't have time to attack the hard stuff. And so looking in the mirror and saying, okay, number one, you got to get control of the fact that you love to relax with a drink during the week. And you've got to stop using busyness as an excuse. And you've got to take responsibility, Mel, for the fact that you're the one that said yes to all these speeches. So you now need to say no and get disciplined about carving out production blocks because we ain't going to be producing the amount of content we need to produce if your ass is always on a plane. And then the third one is around micromanaging. We have this this um, term in our um, company around owning your lane, that we hire people that are self-starters, that are incredible at Googling, that can figure out problems, and that know how to own their lane, period. I don't want to be involved in things in my company. And if I'm too involved, it's because I'm a crappy manager and I have not empowered the people around me to own their lane. And the reason why they don't is because they're afraid of disappointing me. 100%. This is the hardest thing for every single entrepreneur to understand. If you're disappointed by the people that work for you, it's your fault. And the reason why it's your fault is because they either are afraid of you, afraid of disappointing you, or they resent you. And that's because of how you behave and how you treat them. And when you understand that and you realize you got to pivot something in yourself, it'll change how your company operates. I, I can't I can't believe we're not selling this interview because it's so packed with gold, people. There's so much in here. But so even there, one of my most favorite things to um, talk to people when I'm helping them is everyone loves motivation but discipline is is where you carve and that's and you've just said it there and you've given examples of how to do it so guys if you are listening to this discipline is your word that word scares out of me i literally it does because i am i'm not i think about um pushing myself all day because i discipline in some regard it just feels to me, and I love that you love that word, but for all the freaks that are out there watching this, let me tell you something. You can have ADD, you can have anxiety, you can feel overwhelmed, and you can still push yourself forward all the time. Bo calls that discipline. I call that manipulation. You can learn how to manipulate yourself through your own. And I've never, Bo, become the kind of person, and maybe this is my appeal, that I, I will never be the kind of person that likes to exercise, but I still do it. I will never be the kind of person that doesn't like to drink, but there are nights that I'll make a mocktail and be pissed about it and I'll still do it. So I feel like what I've developed, which has worked for me, it may work for many people that feel like it's a discipline and it certainly works for Bo because you're very successful is I have a capacity to see my own bullet and to know that it's coming and then to push through it. And so I don't make the BS wrong. I recognize that it's part of being human. I see it and I push through it. And so it's more like kind of standing in an ocean and letting the waves come. You know what I mean? That's beautiful. And I love and it's you've owned it yourself. Uh, for me, discipline is that I close my eyes and I see on the mountaintop, the Zen monk being like, and now it is time. That's for me. <laughs> it's not the school teacher beating me with a ruler. Oh, I need the ruler. Trust me. But uh, one of the last things, which uh, I, a few people found out I was interviewing you uh, on here and a lot of them got so excited and they're all fans of Evans. And they said, 
Evan's uh, one of Evan's big things is his one word, and if people can embody a word, it can really help them identify things in life. Uh, Evan's word is believe. Mine's incredible because I, the things I do are incredible. I want to live an incredible life. I want to meet incredible people, and everyone's just wondering: is there any is there any word that you associate that go? That's mine. Try. Oh, I love it. That's a good just one. Try, because when you become the kind of person that's willing to try. What happens is you take the pressure off being perfect. You take the pressure off getting it done. And, and we, you, you're the kind of person that's willing to start. And it's only when you start or when you try new things that you'll gain the competency, the skill set, the experience, and the failures that you need in order to succeed. And so for me, my word is try. That's I've never heard that. And as soon as you said, I was like, damn, that's good. That's awesome. Right. And I didn't, I've never, I've never said that either. Cause nobody's ever asked me that question. But I, 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 when you asked me it, the first thing I thought was, well, I wonder if it's confidence. And then I thought, no, um, I need to unpack confidence because I live with a definition of confidence that is not about belief that confidence is the willingness to try. Um, because if you're willing to try, that means you're beating fear. It means you're moving despite self-doubt. And so it is the essence of what confidence is about. And so my word is try. That's beautiful, guys. And maybe some of you out there have that awesome <laughs> word and you and Mel can take over the world. But not just from me, Mel, from the millions of people on this channel and the hundreds of thousands of people watching it, we just all want to say thank you so much for coming I, on I, here and doing this. I think. Well, thank you for having me, Bo. And congratulations on your new gig. You're going to crush it. And let me tell you something. People watch not because of who's being interviewed. They watch because of you. So don't give your power to Gary Vaynerchuk. The lesson in that is that people are tuning in for you. Remember that and your interview show will rock. Thank you. I'm going to take that in. I'm going to let it marinate into my heart. Thank you so much. <laughs> Guys, check out Kick-Ass with Mel Robbins on Audible, The Five Second Rule. She's everywhere. If you've not heard of Mel Robbins, you probably live under a rock or you're on Mars. <laughs> but Mel, anything to say before we go? Well, I think the fastest way to look at, at Kick-Ass, well, just go to melrobbins.com. And you know, we reach 20 million people a month with social. We put out a newsletter every Thursday where we don't sell it. We just give you the five things I'm thinking about. I'd love to have you join that. Um, the information about Kick-Ass is on melrobbins.com. And that's it. Just keep trying, guys. That's all I got to say. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Amel, thank you so much. We'll see you for another bow show soon. Well, there you have it, guys. What an amazing, amazing interview that was. It was worth every single minute. I'd love to know what you took away from it. Get in touch on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash four minute masters. That's the number four. But as we mentioned at the start, if you want to download our brand new morning program for free, it's four minute morning.com. That's F O U R minute morning.com. There's so many bonuses in there, like I said. And there's even an interview, an exclusive Bo Show interview that I did on there with a multimillionaire who explains how to be one. So if you're interested about getting rid of all the hocus pocus on that, have a listen. But guys, thank you so much for subscribing to this podcast and we'll see you for another four minute match as soon we'll probably go back to the old format but this was just a bit of fun see you soon guys 